0: Moncrief on News Talk.
1: Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.
0: If you believe the movies, the most satisfying sex is completely spontaneous and unplanned. But a new study suggests that that might not be the case. Introducing scheduled sex whereby couples pencil in the lovemaking like a visit to the dentist or a trip to the recycling bank uh, makes for better sex. Joining me now is the co-author of this study, Katarina Kovacek, a registered psychotherapist and the owner of Katkova Therapy. Kat, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Gerald, Thank you so much. Top of the afternoon to you. It's a morning here in Toronto. Thanks Am I for getting having...
0: your name right there? Because we've both got difficult names.
1: You? <laughs> that's right. I had to spell it out phonetically. Um, yeah, you're, get, you're getting it right, okay. Right. Well, that, that,
0: that, that's the main thing. that uh, They started this, though. People do have their assumptions that if sex is scheduled, it automatically becomes unromantic.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think when we think about planned sex, we think about scheduled sex. And while it's totally okay to do as you suggested, to pencil it in to make time for it, I think planning also encapsulates just intentionality, right? So it doesn't necessarily have to be putting it in the calendar, but planning to spend quality time together, and create the right conditions from which desire can emerge. So working together to talk about like what facilitates desire for us, and setting a mood together, having mm. enough Privacy, having the right lighting, music, all of that can really help people to feel more comfortable and in the mood um, and really allow kind of some amazing things to happen.
0: Right. Well, you are speaking to an Irish radio show and you are dealing with uh, a public here who are going, if fellas particularly uh, in heterosexual relationships will be going, if I am to walk home in the door tonight and go, I listen to a thing on the Moncrief show and they said that we need to book in our sex events <laughs> into the calendar and write it on the fridge planner. Uh, if a man is to say that to his wife, she may take it the wrong way. So are you demanding sex from me <coughs> at 8 p.m. on Saturday night? Uh, I mean, that, that's the first problem that people are going to encounter here, correct?
1: Yeah, I think so. If you go with that idea of penciling it in, scheduling it, sort of demanding it, I think that would be the response. But interestingly, I think most of the depictions of sex that we see in the media, in film, in pornography, they're often, they're Kind of spontaneous encounters. If you really look at them, like a really classic example would be in pornography, a pizza guy showing up and I don't know what you're talking about. I've things. never
0: watched any any of that stuff. But go ahead. No,
1: of course not. Of course. Um, but I think that that pornography in particular really speaks more to men's pleasure and also their experience of their own desire. So men tend to have more regularly this spontaneous urge or drive or something like that come up for them. Whereas for women, I think that sometimes we can kind of discount that they don't have necessarily that same arousal or desire pattern. And there's something called responsive sexual desire that sex and relationship therapists like myself talk about with clients. And that's when your desire really builds on touch and continues to grow from there, but may not be kind of, you know, experienced as a spontaneous urge that then tells you that you're in the mood. Mm. So there's people out there who kind of experience this sense of like never really being in the mood. So setting aside some time where the context is right, the environment can really help facilitate desire can potentially help those who have this more responsive desire pattern. Yeah. Be able to enjoy the experience,
0: yeah. Yeah, Katarina, you explain it really well, because like, as like I'm being silly there, saying, you know, pencil it yeah. in, put it on the fridge. You know that I'm messing around here when I say that, and I'm sure you get an awful lot of people approaching you in terms of the media going, oh, are we supposed to, you know, treat it like it's uh, going to, uh, you know, five-side soccer on a Saturday? But really, what when I dig down into what you've written and, you know, the study, It is more about facilitating the place in which arranging the circumstances in which sexy times can take place. And that if you're going to do that, then you're increasing the chances. So rather than it just being a case of and that is when intercourse will take place. It's like (laughs) that is the moment when we are going to be together uninterrupted. No phones, no movies.
1: That's right. Yeah. Because spontaneity can be such a challenge. Like we lead really, really busy lives that don't leave a whole lot of room for spontaneous things to happen. And a lot of the most rewarding things in our life involve some degree of planning, like booking flights and hotels and transportation when you're taking a vacation, working towards having a fulfilling career, engaging in new activities and experiences. And, you know, a lot of people, they wait until the end of the day Mm. when they're tired where they may be bloated and gassy and full from their dinner to then have, you know, mind-blowing sex and that doesn't necessarily happen. So if you can plan ahead of time, that's great. But the the more important thing that we found in our study is that when people believed that planned sex was more satisfying, not necessarily more satisfying than spontaneous sex, but just endorsing Planned sex as satisfying to a greater extent, we found that those people didn't have a negative experience associated with having planned sex the last time that they had planned sex. So it kind of protected them. We're not saying planned sex as you're as you're saying, it's not about penciling it in, it's just about being able to be flexible and to work with what your life is like so that you and your partner or partners can create more opportunities mm. and maintain that sexual connection and keep that spark alive for the years to come.
0: Every time I say, mmm, it always sounds a little bit creepy in this segment for some (laughs) reason. "Mm, (laughs) Mmm, yes. More opportunities. We've had so many texts flowing in here. One of the very best things this texter says about working from home is scheduling in a lunchtime tryst with your significant other. The build up can be days ahead. Nothing better. And that even that also made me think about those of you that are listening to this who are attempting to conceive who the idea of scheduling sex for them is not a new idea. Yeah. It's just part of this very difficult process that some people find them in. Another texter says, my wife and I have shared a Google calendar and often put sex in the diary and it works a treat. That's from Adam. So your, your study is finding that, uh, tell me what the study is finding, that people are preferring the scheduled sex to the spontaneous sex or, or, or what is it exactly?
1: Yeah, so actually we conducted two studies. One was of 303 individuals and the second was in 102 couples. And we asked them, uh, what, makes for satisfying sex. We asked them, you know, uh, it, it, we asked them questions like, it ignites my desire when sex is spontaneous, or it ignites my desire when sex is planned ahead of time. And then we looked at the degree to which they believed that those items, the amount that they agreed to those items were true. And so there were uh, definitely more people, uh, significantly greater proportion of people in both studies that endorsed the idea that spontaneous sex is more satisfying. In the first study, we did see an association between believing that spontaneous sex is satisfying and sexual satisfaction at baseline. But when we looked at people's last sexual experience, there was no association between satisfaction and having spontaneous sex. There was a small negative association between having planned sex uh, like I said before, and negative satisfaction, but not for those who believe that planned sex is satisfying. Mm. So, again, it's sort of like this idea that people's beliefs really can impact what they experience. And then in the second study, we didn't find any association between having planned or spontaneous sex and satisfaction, regardless of what people's beliefs were. So largely, it didn't really matter if sex was spontaneous or planned, and yet people still had this belief that, Spontaneous sex is more satisfying.
0: Well, well, people are just, they have their beliefs. I mean, this is a study as much about belief than anything else. (laughs) And at the centre of it is, of course, dialogue, which again is something that is hard in Ireland because of, you know, our past and all of us, the discomfort that we feel around having those conversations. Those conversations in themselves can be fun. But uh, as I was preparing for the show today uh, with my wife, Tina, shout out to Tina. I am 23 years with Tina today. Yeah. That was when we first met. Um, she she and I were discussing this and my son said... Um, maybe don't have these discussions in front of your son. <laughs> maybe that's a good <laughs> thing. And that is echoed by a texter who's got in touch here who said, I wouldn't be writing it on the fridge now, Jarlath. The kids don't need <laughs> to know this kind of stuff. But that is a question though, isn't it, katarina It's like, how, yeah. how do you, like practically, like your study is full of theory, but practically, what is your advice for people who are attempting to schedule sex in for the week?
1: Yeah, I think this is such a great, idea to kind of have these conversations in front of your kids to normalize it because as you said we don't grow up with information about sex we don't know how to talk about it and I think communication is one of those things that's the most important to satisfaction overall even though our study didn't look at that necessarily I think that would be an interesting next step Mm. I think in terms of advice going forward I think Endorsing the idea, maybe convincing yourself or being open to the idea that planning can be just as sexy as spontaneous sex might allow you to incorporate more of what you want, be prepared with supplies that might ensure a good time like lube and toys, um, make you feel more comfortable, right? Like avoiding possible turnoffs like bad breath and feeling bloated yeah. uh, and ensuring that you have protection ahead of time. I think it can give you some more time to think about and ask for and get what you want Um, and to build that anticipation like the person texting in said I think we found that a lot people said that a lot in our study even though they endorse spontaneity there were people that were like planning is just as hot it makes me think about all the amazing stuff that's going to happen and I look forward to it throughout the week Um, and yeah you might just follow uh, Dan Savage's rule which is the fuck first rule Hopefully, I can say that. Apologies for that.
0: Not sure you can, but uh, it's said now. Apologies for that. (laughs) Whoopsies.
1: Um, Sorry about that. Um, But it's just sort of this idea of planning sex at times when you're not going to be inebriated or woozy or full or bloated. It's just kind of more about uh, the ideal time for your body to really be able to relax and experience pleasure. And again, I'm so sorry about that's, my language. That's
0: OK. There's an awful lot more to discuss. And of course, if it was a bit later, we could get right into the nitty gritty of that. But that's immensely helpful. In, uh, and people can find you, of course, on Instagram. Cova Therapy is the place to find Katarina. Katarina, thank you so much for taking the time to do the show.
1: Thanks, Gerald. It was a pleasure talking to you.